You're watching Bach to Bach, the podcast opening up the world of classical music, one beer at a time. And today, we're talking all things America. Happy anyway, New Year. Happy New Year. Happy, happy 2017. Thank you. Oh, we were doing the same bookend thing. It is not a cool thing for brothers to what do. What does... Uh, and Dev's come out in the middle. What did everyone do for New Year's? I worked. Yeah, you I were worked the Empire. You were late. I did work. You did work? What'd you do? You drank. <laughs> On the dance floor. I went to a 90s cover. Oh, you went to Tom's, concert. right? I went to see Tom. Uh, Saved by the 90s, right? Saved by the 90s. Tom Hadron from the band Long Time. Yeah. Um, Based out of Boston, and he's also a side project. Is Saved by the '90s. Yeah, plays guitar. They played 38 songs from the '90s over the course of two and a half hours. To, I didn't uh, know there were a whole bunch of drums. There's 28 year olds, but it was a blast. Then he had a Power Rangers hat on. I thought, right? He did. Yeah, Red, Red, Red Ranger. Yeah, Red Ranger. Mm-hmm. He's the best. Boy. Maddie, what'd you do? What was your New Year's like? Went to Evo, first time ever. Oh. Drank a lot of champagne. Yeah, yeah. Had a great night. Had a great night. We're gonna feature low end champagne later. Segway. That just happened. Um, the West End champagne. West End champagne. But then, um, so then, what'd you do after Evo? Uh, went back and 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 crashed. It was a late I'm night. Crushing it. Yeah, nothing. I mean, it was just it was just one of those. It was a great New Year's. It was a really I, great. Even New Year's. though I was working at Empire upstairs, it was a show called uh, No Diggity. So it was all '90s R&B and hip hop. Yeah. The entire show. Chaz played that. Chaz, Kenya. Kenya. Um, actually, this is weird. We're currently in Kenya's old apartment. This yes. Is, this oh. is our apartment. But, um, it's, it's, uh, it was live or DJ'd? Oh, live. 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 I mean, they had DJ for some of the sample, but then Dan Capaldi, um, who's on the band Sea Level, um, and then he also plays with another band called Sea People. So a lot of Sea. Um, he uh, like really like extracted every single like ninety sample and then took care of all those when it needed. That's sick. It was, it was pretty spot on. Cool. Um, it, was, it was kind of wonderful. A little oversold, but long night. And now we're here in 2017, where hopefully the grass is somewhat less dead. Yes. It'll be not, right. not greener, just less dead. It'll be all right. The, I, I have full faith in this year. I think this is going to be a really, despite politics aside, I think this is going to be a great year for everybody we know. What, what, did, you just, have, did you have a highlight of 2016? Did you have something that was like, uh, you know... Yeah, I, I mean, I did a lot of traveling and uh, released a new record with the band. So I get you know those are definitely some some highlights. So speaking of those things, yes, because let's in segue you, into you. In case you don't know who who this beautiful man sitting between us right now. Yeah. So who are you? What do you do? What is your favorite um, type of bean? Oh, oh Can I start with the bean? You yeah. start with the bean. Yeah. Refried, okay, obviously. <laughs> Duh. Uh, and uh, my name is Devin Mock. I am from New York, but have been a Boston and Maine transplant traveler for for many years now. You're Red Hook, uh, New York, right? Red Hook, New York. Hook, New not York. not in Brooklyn. Um, the one in the, re- the, the original Red Hook, the OG Red Hook. OG Red Hook. Yeah, upstate a little bit on the Hudson River. Uh, and I play in the Ballroom Thieves from Boston, Massachusetts. 
and, travel and, with that. And uh, who are the thieves? Like, what do you guys? What type of music? What uh, we are uh, music? We describe ourselves as folk rock, but you know, genre is tough to nail down sometimes. Um, we we have a guitarist, a cellist, <laughs> and a drummer, and I'm that one. And then we all sing, and it's fun. It is know? fun. It's like. And you released a new album, so tell about the new album, which yeah. came out in... October. Okay, just kidding. October 21st, September, we yeah. released our, our sophomore full-length album called Dead Eye, and it's, it's been good. came out right in the middle of a four-month tour. Good um, response? Good response. Uh, really support... We have an amazing fan base. Uh, feel really close to them, and they were just really supportive and took it in, and everybody's been... Seems to be digging it. So that's good. Sweet. Yeah. And so, um, and, and then Brian Steely did the artwork. And by the way, the work of Brian Steely, um, find him on Instagram. Yeah. Seriously, it's Talented every, guy. every, he's not only really good, but he's done everything for every huge artist ever. He's worked with some amazing bands. And that's B R I A N S T E E L Y. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing work. It's a great album cover. And do you, do you have a favorite song off the album? Um, it's t- that's such a tough question. It totally depends on my mood and the day because the the album is honestly it's a roller coaster. It has peaks and valleys of of vibe and energy and grit and smooth shit. Wow, <laughs> that, that was <laughs> rhyme, folks. That's what you just witnessed. I'm a professional. <laughs> uh, I would say either sea legs or pocket of gold. Um, sea legs is. Is definitely sorry to do the C thing. Again. No, it's okay. Uh, it's consistent. It's continuity. Consistent. Continuity. Yeah. Is our middle name it combined? It combined. Your content, I'm nudity. Yeah. I like that. We, I know we have the explicit rating on iTunes. You gotta watch yeah, out for some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I took the D out. It's just nudity. Yeah. Nudity. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say those two tend to hit me the hardest. Sea legs, sea legs, sea legs, or or storms for me, or um. Uh, what's noble rot? Rot, yeah, that one's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. So you can find it on all the platforms, all the platforms, except for MySpace. You can find it on there. You, you can't find. You don't it want on there. to, but, you can't. but you can. I don't even know if it's but, but iTunes, Spotify, it's all it's everywhere, right? Everywhere, yeah. Spotify, iTunes, all the stuff. The Pandoras, the Pandoras, mom and dad. And a little background with yeah. the thieves. So I met Devin and the thieves. This is almost like. Over two years ago. Gosh, yeah. New band named Devin and the Thieves. I'm into it. Okay. See how Mario Kelly feel. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, anyway, but um, uh, no, I, I met them back in like June of like 20, like 14 or so. They, like, you sent No, it was right actually before, before I started Myro. is because I was like looking at starting Mini Throck Orchestra. Yeah. And I'm like, do you ever want to do a workshop? And then it turned into two shows prior and yep. an album a music video an East Coast tour and then just you know Blood Brothers for Life I think the first time Lots I saw brothers. you perform was that the January 31st Report, yeah, with, with, with Darling Side uh, and, with Darling Side and, and uh, Ghost uh, all the three of you guys on one stage which was it was a special time it was a special time my mind is still blown from that evening that was it's been a beautiful journey of friendship it has been and uh yeah cause I feel like, like because of you guys like you actually between you and Ghost, like you were down the circle of friends, aside from that one, um, that like mm-hmm. is 
my my contingency, like the people I hang out with or talk to. So between you, you guys, you don't hang out that much. Decide, yeah. I mean, we live we're really far from each other. And yeah, never talk. Good times. Anyway, um, so as you can see, we are drinking the world class. But heavy. But heavy. If you've seen, if you listened to our last episode, it was uh, great beer, crap beer. Yep. And now we're doing crap beer New Year. That's yeah. it. So we, we figured if we start low, we can only go up. And no, so this is a no, I want to put a little disclaimer out there. This is, the beer quality is in no relation to the quality of guest. Um, I, you, 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 were let, that. you were let down. You took a little a You took it a bit. Yeah, because I, I was planning on doing an IPA, but then I really wanted to feature the piece we're talking about today. Um, and I thought, you know, if we're going to feature an American piece, we might as well do Americans, Americans, America's finest beer. Which is interesting because it is, you know, off the Budvar, which is Czech yep. in origin. Hmm. Which is also kind of appropriate because Dvorak Dvorak, yeah, so it was a Czech composer. That's like, you've, been, so, you've been doing really great Remember, remember that things. time when you told Devin not to slam the cam down so much on the table it. because it does the mic thing? That's good. Yeah, yeah, I can see the feedback. So, so, um, so the first piece we're actually going to feature two movements of the same piece today. So, um, do you have any background or know of Dvorak? I do. Okay. Uh, I I studied music in college for a while. I took a lot of history of music courses, uh, and also my high school girlfriend's cat's name was Dvorak. Okay, so yeah. you really have a close because they're related. They're actually my, the her, cat and her family is related. Okay, so the yeah, family it's a great great right. uncle. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's actually really cool. I dated Dvorak's blood. I can, we can call her in if you want. I can phone her. Yeah. Actually, that should be the great name for a beer. Dvorak's blood. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, oh. Hey. I don't know. Trademark. Bok to bok featured beer. We should pitch that Ooh. to the pistol. That's it. <laughs> for a red ale? Yeah. There you go. Pistol Brothers. <laughs> We're talking to you. Anyway. <laughs> um, so... Um, the uh, so basically he wrote uh, Dvorak in 1892, um, the same year that Abercrombie and Fitch got founded. Obviously, um, I was going to say that. I'm where did that come from? <laughs> Years of never wearing it growing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, he wrote this. He visited the United States. Uh, he visited New York City in 1892 and took a trip out west. And the whole American String Quartet, which is his 12th string quartet, and uh, he wrote. Um, is based off American sounds, so whether it was melodies he heard or things that sound like trains and locomotives. Um, but he actually took this trip from New York and just kept going west. And so a lot of it was inspired by Iowa, which was not a lot of things are. That was the last time something was inspired by I, Iowa. I love Iowa. I've actually never been, so can you fill us in a little bit about Iowa? Yeah, I mean, pers- personally, at a, there's a big chunk of the Ballroom Thieves' heart in Davenport, Iowa. We have this... this wonderful following that's gathered there and uh, there are a ton of people there who have become like brothers and sisters to us really so we we go through Iowa all the time Moline as well so what about Iowa like, the state the, the landscape there. yeah it, it's uh, it's a bit hit or miss I would say but it's got it's, it's got it's beautiful parts I think you get out west and it's through the western side and it's a uh, Pretty nice, but sometimes you're you're driving through. Is it a good depiction of the Midwest, though? Pretty solid. Okay. I mean, yeah. that was that was not better than Nebraska. You, I mean, like if you went down to Nebraska, you're like oh, Midwest right there. But <laughs> that's the Midwest right there. Okay, I did not know what you we said. Might that's have a subtitle out on the fa- on the right. on the Facebook that's, live that's, page. That's not how it works. We'll do a subtitle on that. But uh, yeah, I love Iowa, man. 
Is this song inspired by Iowa? What First of all, it's peace because it's classical music. But I'm um, sorry. It's all right. So basically, <laughs> um, we're not pretentious here. This song, <laughs> no. So actually, we're gonna listen to the second movement first, and then the fourth movement last. So the second movement um, is actually based on a uh, Native American hymn that was um, that when Dvorak was traveling, heard his tribe singing this hymn, and actually it was in Eastern Iowa at the time, and uh, he was like, it was just like this haunting, haunting sound, um, and so he. He actually listened and heard them say it, like stopped, listened, transcribed it, listened over and over and over again, and kept like just finding new ways to elaborate on it. So this whole string quartet, so it's two violins, viola, and cello. Um, it's really, it's a haunting movement. And then the final beginning, it starts with the violins have the melody. At the very end, the cello gets this haunting melody at the end, and it just dies away. And it's really kind of a cool movement. And then the fourth movement's complete polar opposite. We'll get to that, but... um. Let's listen to the um, second movement of Dvorak's 12 string quartet, the American string quartet, while we enjoy delicious but heavy. Cheers. Thank you. 
That's pretty gorgeous. Cool. It's pretty awesome. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of fantastic. Um, so like, someone who's like, I mean, I know you. You dated a girl who's related to Dvorak. Yeah. You knew someone. Her cat's name was Dvorak. Appreciate it. Um, you took music. You know, like as someone, but someone not from the classical realm. Like, would you go out of your way to listen to that on your own? Uh, I would. It's totally a mood thing for me. Like, yeah. I couldn't listen to it while I drive uh, because it's it's really soothing and calming. Like, even even stuff that's more, like, agitated and, and, and not, like, you know, your smooth classical sounds. Like, it just kind of lulls me in a very peaceful way. So, yeah. I, uh, yeah, like I was telling you on, on break there, it's like, they used to be my study music, my painting music in college when I was doing my work. Um, and when, now it's kind of like if I'm reading or something. What, what do you usually, when you study your paint or even when reading, like, is it, do you try to find things in a major tonality or a minor? Doesn't it matter? It doesn't really matter to me. I think I probably tend towards major yeah. uh, to deal with my minor personality. Oh, that was good. Did you practice that one? I wrote that on the way here. Is that on your Tinder profile? I wrote that on the way. I had an index card down here. Okay, that drop bangs your bio. My minor person. I think you think just Tinder, like Devin Mock. Like, <laughs> listen to major music to kind of cataract my minor person. Now imagine the Boston Bachelor show where everyone comes in there. My name's Steve, and I'm the, and, you know, I'm Rick. In, I'm, I'm Devin. Major. What? I can't. Even major say music right. for a minor tonality. <laughs> we can't even get he's it right. He's still single. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> he's available. <laughs> anyway, so, um, and actually, I, I forgot to finish the second half of what I was explaining about the piece. Mm. So, like, he explored 1892, but like, this was actually premiered and finalized in 1893, a whopping one year later. Huh. Yeah, so I know. Fun fact. I want to make sure I have that correct. It's amazing. Well done. Um, but we're going to listen to the fourth movement at the end. Um, it, and just let's because we haven't done a quartet in a very long time. Let's just refresh people listening and watching uh, about the normal layouts, how many movements I, we're talking I already, about. I <coughs> covered beforehand. I said two violins, viola, cello. Yeah, we know the instruments, but oh. how about the layouts? Oh, I mean, is, it, is it usually three movements, like a concerto? Is it four, five? Okay, so yeah, it's usually it's usually uh, most string quartets are normally four movements. It usually goes uh, fast, slow. Uh, usually a minuet or a scherzo in the third movement, which is like a, a medium tempo, or a dance in the third movement. In the, in the, minuet, we might remember us talking about from episodes back, was a, a court dance back in the day. Back in the French days. <laughs> court dance meant something very different uh, in college. <laughs> as we called as, as we call where the juniors and seniors live, the courts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you went, was that the slide for it? If you went court yeah. Dance, so it was like court party, court okay. dance. So they like court party, court dance, but like rewind three hundred and eighty-four years. I can picture. Okay. I can picture. A lot of wigs. A lot of wigs. Still the same thing happening probably. <laughs> we have wigs. Yeah. We have wigs at court parties. Anyways. I think more floofy white wigs. Maybe not. Not much has changed. Anyway. <laughs> um, so basically, goes like it goes fast, slow movement. Um, like usually a scherzo or a minuet, a minuet trio in the in the third movement, something that's more of a dance movement, and then the final movement, which is usually a presto or some, uh, allegro tempo, very fast moving, a lot of energy. Um, it's the usual layout, but composers have definitely worked and played with that, doing five movements, doing three movements, um, and same with concertos. They've really thrown up the whole layout. 
and, of how things are written. And again, the, the words Kevin's using, Allegro and Presto. and um, They're just types of pasta sauces. That's all they are. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I want one with the best. Delicious pasta sauces. Um, the, a lot of times, tempo, well, almost all of the times, tempo markings in classical pieces will be in Italian. Yep. Um, if you're wondering what... what and, and they're, they're usually equal in a window of a certain number of beats per measure. So if you ever have any questions, go to Wikipedia. And, uh, it knows and all. Check it, it knows out. everything. It, it knows all. And it's never wrong. It's never wrong. No one, it's actually perfect every single time. Yeah. But um, I, don't, I don't think you're going to find any kind of discrepancies in the tempo marking entry of, of Wikipedia. I don't know. Would hope. One would hope. Um, um, but speaking of tempo markings, has nothing to do with it. Um, going like back to the thieves a little bit and having cello in the band, mm-hmm. do you see any elements of what Callie does? I mean, you know, she, she's actually kind of. She mixes between being a chordal element, basically like, almost like, act like a bass part, and then act and then what I call the squirrelies, the kind of little sound effects here and there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but it's rare. She's not all the time the melody line. Um, no, um, very actually, you guys are very vocally focused as a band, so the yeah. cello is just yeah. a supplemental instrument. Yeah, she. I mean, she'll she'll really hold down the bass line for us. She'll. Uh, at, at, she's definitely our main soloist. Yeah, um, she takes all the big solos. Um, and sometimes like she'll compliment the vocal melodies that we're doing with like a fourth part and so we're like on cello on cello cool. and that's fun too but the some of the as you call them um, squirrelies squirrelies <laughs> those she she has some really cool squirrelies she has a really cool ones it especially perfectly yeah yeah I, Actually, to uh, to go back to one of the songs we were talking about before, off the new record, Sea Legs, yeah. is a great example of of tasteful squirrelies. Yes, because um, like and actually, you guys work very in tandem with that. Like, yeah, you had the bass drum hit, boom. At the same time, she does a ricochet bow with the with it, and like lets it hit the string, hits the fingerboard, and you get that percussive sound from the cello. Yeah, it's great. There's a lot of like complimentary stuff. Um, Trying to make, uh, you know, the cello or, or uh, there was also some, some stand up, some big old bass on that record, and she was also making like ship sounds, ocean sounds, bird yeah. sounds, but everything is organic. And, and, and it's one of those string instruments that, that's actually really cool. Is, and I think you actually have this thing with with percussion and drums. There's like you look at something and think you only get so many sounds out of it, but really there's an endless array of. of non-traditional sounds like yeah. so one thing with strings if you take your fingernail and you put it on the inside of the string and you vibrate it and vibrate and shake it this way up mm-hmm. and down you get the overtone like overdrive guitar sound without having overdrive on it you can do that without any work it's so cool um, and like just and I know artificial harmonics you can get like again those, those C sounds you're looking at yeah um, it's, it's really kind of incredible to see the array of what, what one instrument can do regardless whether it's Vocal percussion or, or strings. Yeah, I think you guys do a great job as as a group of like kind of taking the variety of sounds and bringing it into a cohesive song, let alone album. Thank you. And it's nice to see it on classical, what are traditionally classical instruments as well, because classical music as a whole has it. It's not always as conducive to exploring an instrument and all the different sounds an instrument can make and some composers are better at that than others and using using all those uh, facets but um, I, th- I think rock has been not the pun but instrumental in, in, in pulling out what an instrument really can do tricks like that um, 
just like Hendrix did when he started exploring what a guitar could do in the 60s, you know? I mean, it, it takes well, one yeah, person. Gene Hendrix, I love him. Gene. Yeah, his name's Eugene Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> he preferred the Woodstock, right? I think so. Yeah. Something like it was like, it was like, a, it was like a classical guitar solo. <laughs> it was just like, it was a little <laughs> I want to start hitting Callie's Jello. We haven't talked about it. But it's maybe, carbon, right? Maybe she's listening and this will be a good Like with, with your mallet? Yeah, she has a carbon no, fiber chill. No, you yeah. some here. Carbon So, chill. like some cymbal mouse that are really light on the back, maybe? Ooh. Yeah. I'm just curious what we can do with that. I think you can get a bassy sound, and I think with the pickup that's on there, it might be really cool. Because, you get like saying it's carbon fiber, so it, it can withstand all this. Does she have a built-in pickup, or does she have No, a, she used what's called the realist. Is, is that the one beneath the bridge? It's, it's, yeah, it's below the bridge, and then it's uh, what's called a basically it's a quarter inch into DI. Folks uh, wondering what the bridge, so when you guys know on uh, string instruments where the strings kind of go up a little bit and then down to the fingerboard, that little wooden piece that's holding everything up, that's the bridge. So that's where the sound Think of it like a bridge, of the strings you know, are being brace for a normal bridge. That's what yeah, and that's where the, so when the string vibrates, that's where the, the vibrations are running down through into the body of the instrument, which is then yeah. Yeah, creates and amplifies the sound. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Callie just replaced her bridge, rocking too hard. She's rocking too hard. Yeah. Yo, Callie, proud of you. <laughs> yes. I did not do that. Um, however, I played a metal show last week, and that was weird. Played yeah. cello at a metal show. So with, cool. uh, with Vanna. With Vanna, so cool. yeah. It was, uh, I've never played cello at a show where people were crowd surfing and uh, mosh pitting. I don't think they've ever gone together before. Um, That's my dream. Okay, we can work on that for you. The not to me playing cello part, but to have it. Have people crowd surfing and mosh moshing at our show so do you know what a wall of death is I just I absolutely okay so I just learned about that last week yeah yeah. and then you That's educated me I never knew yeah. split the crowd and then wait for when it when the drop happens on the drop you run at each other it's uh it's, an, it's a human experience it's you know painful. it's, Would it's you primal call it a good life choice or a bad life choice honestly I think um people people make a lot of fun and and talk Poorly about like you know like what happens at some of these metal and hardcore shows in the crowd moshing, wall of death you know rough name yeah it's, it's it pretty, understands pretty cool yeah. wall of death doesn't it's not really inviting wall of maiming doesn't sound but, so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good but it's a lot of, of uh, it's like an emotional release and and there was there was a great article. connection to each other and there's actually usually a high amount of respect. In the crowd, so even though it and looks like they're fighting to kill each other, no, they actually, if someone goes down, you help stop. Yeah. They helped up. Like it's right. very. And if you don't, it's that's you're kind of a jerk if you are. Yeah, young. you're a, you're a jerk. If yeah. You don't. So um, it's interesting. And actually, there was a, a great article about those who listen to metal and hardcore are actually overall happier than everybody else. I I. And actually, I actually I very much I support that 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 statement. It was basically it was because so much you basically. The endorphins released when at a at a at a hardcore show or a metal show, and just it it automatically lifts your spirits immediately. Yeah. Um, and it's it's you don't get that as often with classical. It's it's amazing. Classical music live is incredible when it's done well. Hmm. It's a fourth grade right. Suzuki recital, maybe not so much. I'll, I'll give <laughs> no it a mosh try. Pit, no mosh pits there. <laughs> I'll give it a try because Celine Dion makes me angry. And, well, she's and Canadian. That's why. There's uh, that. Yeah. So I mean, maybe maybe metal's what I need. I can stand a lot of things. We can talk about anything, but bad mouth and Celine ain't one of them. 
Like, that's, like, that's one thing. She's Maddie's a saint. She's and, uh, a she does no wrong. She's perfect. So she is. A, Dorothy Mandis is a saint. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk, guys. We're getting a lot of compliments. So what, what about uh, so the fourth movement? What are no, we, no, no, no. We're going to talk about the, what we're drinking right now. What are we drinking right now? Before again? I slam on the table again and dis- disrespect all the rules. You know? Delicious. So it really is delicious. <laughs> so this yeah. is what's called um, a West End mimosa. Basically, here in Portland, it's called a West End mimosa. Um, I've seen it really called that at one place called Sunny's in, in right in the heart of the old port. Um, and it's really simple. It's orange juice and Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. You may be shaking your head right now. So no, don't what? shake your head. What are shake they thinking? This way. Shake it up in, and down. In approval. Uh, I'm converted. I'm converted. Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's like, it's an awesome drink. It's you know, high life I can have on its own. It's fine, but this is really yeah. Cold really high life fun. is always good. We've always... Wanna, when you brunch it, this is the way to go. I think over than a Bloody Mary. I could never guess what was in here if I didn't know. Really? I mean, I mean, like at orange no, juice. Orange juice. Yeah, orange juice. juice yeah, I got that one. <laughs> no, high life is advertises the champagne of beers, which does help it out a little bit. And uh, we've only done mm-hmm. craft beer up to this point. We haven't. We haven't done really any. We haven't done any. No, not, not really. So this we is, haven't this done is any. the first macro brew we've done. Yeah, uh, double uh, macro. Nice. We're not going to. T- I They're mean, normally we talk a little bit about what the ingredients are and what it tastes like. You know what's in Bud Heavy. You know what's in Miller High Life. It's yeah. just water and booze and, and a, little bit, a little bit of smiles <laughs> and sunshine. Yeah. Water so, and booze. <laughs> so, That's what's in there. Do they have two tanks <laughs> in the factory? A water tank and then a booze tank, and they just funnel in. Just bottle, bottle, and bottle. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so if it's if it's a weekend morning and you you want a bit of hair of the dog and not not a Tuesday at twelve forty nine, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> still tastes good. Now. It's still delicious. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's it's really kind of a great brunch drink, and then whether you're making it at home or going out in the boot. We did do one episode with beer cocktails. That was in honor of Nana when she uh, when she passed, when she passed back in April because um, she loved her Manhattan. So we did kind of a. Uh, we'll take on a homage to that, but um, yeah, this is it's always nice. Just again, the flexibility of beer, what you can do with it. Add a bit of orange juice, and then suddenly it's a health drink. Love yeah. it. So yeah, you can bring this to the gym, and it's totally cool. Like it's, <laughs> I would throw this in an Nalgene and take it to class. Yeah. I don't condone that, <laughs> <laughs> nor does the podcast. <laughs> but you could, if it was a class for one in your own. Home that you no one else is attending, and you're just sitting on your couch. That's what I mean. Absolutely, yoga class, and just put it in a mason jar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yoga class. <laughs> Why not? This may be the first disclaimer we have to put on an episode. <laughs> we, we have like this explicit logo on it, but like the people have parentheses, like do not condone drinking while exercising. <laughs> the thoughts and feelings of Devin Mock are not condoned by the Bach to Bach. I mean, most of them are, but like not all of them. Yeah. But we do, we do condone Dvorak. That was good. Uh, I'm, I'm, all, I'm good. all about. I'm so, starting last episode, you got the segues down really solid. When we get business cards, my Kev's gonna be like, you know, executive producer. Mine's just gonna say, Matty O, it's a segue. <laughs> that's all I do. Yeah. Honestly, that's awesome. I just it's link okay. topic to topic. It's okay. So, talk to us about Dvorak. That's my type A personality. Um, anyway, so more about the same piece. Um, this fourth movement is. So, actually, the first movement is. Um, very much sounded locomotives. The fourth movement sounds like almost a western. Um, um, it sounds like uh, like a horse chase. Almost like basically people are riding on horses, cool. uh, gunfire, all these things happening. Um, it basically is like the heart of any western movie, especially released between nineteen thirty four and 
ever. Um, and right, cool. <laughs> wow, narrowed it down. Um, so like you're you're gonna hear like galloping. You're gonna hear um, conflict. You're gonna hear like all these different. But you can definitely hear like the what is quote unquote American music. And this piece was kind of the foundation for a lot of American composers afterwards. So we're looking at 1893. This was released, and then we have Aaron Copland, and we have um, you know Leonard Bernstein, uh, and like writing pieces that are the American sound. But prior to that, really, this piece was the foundation. And America um, was still the new world. People it was still were the, world, yeah. the, the people would hear about the frontier. People would hear about the Indians, you know, just for uh, which, you know, and it was, which was really weird. Is like you know, like you know, he he came to New York City in 1892 to, to start working on this and explore the United States. And what was interesting was as 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 the piece as you listen to it, it's very um, not inspired much by the immigrant population, which at the time was starting to explode, starting yeah. to yeah. really really become a big big issue, and he came right to the heart of it at Ellis Island. Yeah. Um, so like I, it's weird. He, that did he come? He came through Ellis Island, didn't he? he I think he arrived, <laughs> yeah, he arrived by by steamer. And um, so I think it's really interesting to see that it's very American at heart, and both indigenous and then those who established after who are the jerks of the country, you know. But um, anyway, but uh, you know, so the second one we heard a lot of, uh, you know, for the Native American hymn. Here we're gonna hear basically what sounds like a Western before Western movies were even made. So that's actually kind of a really, really cool idea. So we'll listen to the fourth movement, and then we come back with the Bach to Bach quiz for you at the very end, which you have no idea about. But oh my god. <laughs> Thank you. 
quintessential pieces that every string quartet plays as like their entry level piece. Be- early Beethoven quartets, um, Dvorak America, like those are, and Haydn, those are your like things that every string quartet student learns to play. But they're freaking so much fun. It's 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 a blast. Cool. Um, okay, so we've done talked about our beers. Okay. We drank beer. We didn't really talk about them that much, but Budweiser. We talked about drinking them. Budweiser, Miller High Life. Done. That's it. Promotion. <laughs> 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 we're so classy folk here. We're gonna we're gonna get Devin back on when we do like Bissell again or, or, or Baxter or something. Like that. Yeah, can I come back? When, when, we, when we do our featured beer, the Project's Blood by Bissell Brothers, which they don't know they're gonna do yet. Yeah. So. We do need to do another episode with Luke at Baxter. Yes, so maybe we, we do. Could get, we could get uh, Dev back with a, a just column. Just have him at all of them. It's, it's fine. Um, and so, so it's the Bach to Bach quiz. So mm. here's how it works. Maddie says the number. I say the question. It's all opinion based, so there's no wrong answer. Oh, hey! Well, normally, what actually happens is Kevin tries to say the number two because because we that's, what, that's, that's what what he last season. Last season, so he's still trying to work his way out of that. Habit, so, uh, are you ready? I I'm almost ready. I'm ready. Um, is this like a rapid fire? Yes, yeah, rapid. So the first thought that comes to your head. First thing that comes to mind. All yeah. right. Ooh, I hope it's Drink's clean. I hope it's not. Go ahead. <laughs> Do I talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> Have a little care confrontation right here. Who needs? Should be good. Should be good. Should we pause the whole thing just to kind of get, get. Number one. All right. What type of beer best represents your personality? IPA. Be- like I mean, like straight up IPA. Like are we talking like are we talking unfiltered? Are we talking double? Are we talking? Oh, I'll take a double IPA. Yeah, yeah. If we're going more specifics. I'm like I like the hoppiest. 
beer you can give me the hoppiest IPA the most bitter just thing. like not even like filter, just just hops in a jar hops in a jar of water. water punch <laughs> you right in the mouth type, type yeah stuff, I yeah. like I like that a lot this time of year like I start flirting with stouts a lot more but uh IPA is my game anyway all you go. stout ladies out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it could be <laughs> question is that is that the stout lady dance is that how it works that's my stout dance when I'm if you see me at the bar and I'm doing this the man wants a stout, all right? <laughs> That's a good answer. All right, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I forgot number two. I have number three down. Why am I blanking on two? Remember it? It's not my job to remember it. I know. It's, <laughs> you have your podcast. <laughs> all right, I'm going to I'm gonna switch it up because I, I forgot number two completely. Uh, no, just, it's, it's just it's gone. Which, which one do you think it is? It's not. I know which one the last one is. Um, like, and you remember number three? I remember number three. Okay. So number two, I forgot completely. All right. So we're gonna just switch it up. <laughs> Seems it to might be the right one. Going to be four questions. Number two. All right. What Muppet best represents you? Animal. Yes. Yeah, Aside from animal. Aside from animal. <laughs> Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It's like animals, like a given. Like you're one percussionist, you have crazy hair, you're good. Yeah, I mean, you gotta go with animal. But uh, but Gonzo, you know, I always felt like he you was pretty free spirited, adventurer. Uh, Not Scooter, just the. I like a lot of respect to Scooter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was kind of the lone wolf of the Muppet pack. <laughs> Scooter, he, he he doesn't fret nearly enough to be like Scooter. I no, no, Devin, no, Devin's very laid back. Oh gosh, he doesn't be threatening. I appreciate, appreciate some. Do you need that? Little, little I did. Yeah, just little pick me ups, just little, just little boosts. Yeah. All right. So, and Number three. Okay. So what? Um, what famous like legendary musician would you want to hear you play music? Hear your band. Alive or dead. Alive or dead. Play our. Um, like, no. What? Who would you want to have be in the audience to watch you play music? Who do you want to perform for? Is that's that the, the question. Ask? Yeah, that's, that's another way. Thank you. <laughs> English school. <laughs> that's that's a serious one. I was in the Oats Brothers. It's fine. We're here. I immediately went to uh, Celine, but that was just good fun. That's just like a running theme. Um, <laughs> so let's avoid the Canadians. I'm I'm pretty. Uh, one of my favorite bands has always been this Scottish rock band called Frightened Rabbit. And uh, we finally and you got do to, one of their covers. We do one of their covers. It's or awesome. we cover one of you their songs. You get to sing lead. I oh, get to sing lead. That's the song. Which is... Is, it, is that recorded anywhere? No. It, it is. Oh. We recorded it in Austin, Texas on this last tour. And, uh, I lied. We were thinking 2017 would, would allow it to see the light, light of day. It's a great I cover. I told, actually, I was telling someone about that the other day. Um, it's a good tune. But uh, yeah, but the, you got the, sorry, the lead singer, um, who's also the primary writer, has always been a huge influence on myself, on 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 the rest of my band, and uh, we we finally got to hang out with them and met them at uh, Newport Folk Festival this past in twenty sixteen, and that was really surreal. I would love to be able to play for him sometime because I think there's there's a really direct influence there. So. Oh yeah, I think, and especially on your your end, especially that's your favorite band. That's my yeah, hands down. Yeah, yeah, no, no question about it. Really, no question. Yeah. Ha, have you seen how many times have you seen Frank Rabbit play? 
Um, not like an absurd amount. Probably, probably t- ten times. So pretty solid. But uh, whenever we're out on the road, if like we're gonna cross paths or we're close, like we'll go see them. And uh, yeah, they're just genuine, honest, organic artists. Like, from Scotland, you said. They're from Scotland. Nice. Um, if you check out their older stuff, it's just it it'll just hit you so hard. And it, it that was kind of the stuff that took me through college. Took me through. All of my, uh, one of my majors in college was art. So I did a lot of my art stuff to, to Fred and Riley. So I would have to say Scott from Fred and Riley. Awesome. Hopefully Scott's listening. Hi, Scott. <laughs> Scott, that you're listening. Hi, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we close up for the day, um, where can we find you personally and the yeah. thieves on the media? You can find, uh, you can find me anywhere. Uh, <laughs> I'll be down the street for a little while. <laughs> you can find me uh, at the bar this afternoon. Ruski. Um, ooh, yeah. ooh, yeah. A couple Joe Moran's or Ruskies later. Oh, I had Joe Moran's ages. Uh, they're delicious. They are delicious. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, the book, all that, all that stuff. Uh, just Devin Mock and uh, the band Ballroom Thieves. Our website, uh, ballroomthieves.com. All the social media platforms, all all that stuff. Everywhere. And the new album, Dead Eye, which came out in in October. October. September. In September. (laughs) And that can be found anywhere, is what Um, I'm saying. Except for MySpace. We figured that out. Um, Sorry, MySpace. But thank you so much for coming on, and and we're excited to have you up all week to hang out. Yeah, we get to see you for a few more days. Uh, But this has been another episode of Bok to Bok. Gentlemen, cheers. 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 Thanks for having me.